Welcome to the Burning Hearts Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us this week. Like I mentioned, we're going to talk about community today. And before I launch into uh, my points, I want to give just some simple definition around community. And, you know, community is, is meeting together, but I think that community actually means that there's an exchange that has to happen. And so when I meet with you, I have to open up and you have to open up and there has to be an exchange between us. There needs to be an an intimacy that occurs between us. And so we can meet in community and and sometimes we think like, oh, talking about the weather and and all those kind of things. Oh yeah, we got great community. But community is is a lot deeper than that. It lets it means I let you see into my life and you let me see into your life and we're able to encourage one another and build one another up in the faith. That's what community is and it can take different levels, you know, meeting together here in this uh larger setting. This is this is community. But there's community, like the, the life groups that we're talking about when there's smaller gatherings. And there's community that's, you know, one-on-one or a few people at a coffee shop or, or sharing a meal with, with another family. All of those things are community, and we need all of them. I think that, um, you know, the circumstances of the past year and a half have really helped kind of emphasize or underscore the importance uh, of community to us. I'm not like a huge statistics guy because you can always find stuff that backs up whatever you want. But I, w- I was looking at a study and it, was, it, it really amazed me. It was the CDC and they did a whole bunch of surveys uh, on mental health. And this was in like March or April of 2020. So kind of like right in the midst of, of when the COVID stuff hit us. And it was, what they found was, was wild they found that 40.9% of the respondents had one or more mental health issues, whether anxiety, traumatic stress disorder, um, any, any of those things. And, and get this, almost 11% of the people that responded, and this was several thousand people, had contemplated suicide in the last 30 days. And what happened through this whole coronavirus, this COVID virus, it caused isolation. And I think that that isolation is what led to what, what they saw in this study. It's not only this fear of this virus, this fear of the unknown, but isolation was so uh, a part of everyone's life, especially a little over a year ago. And, and through that season, I, I experienced like a, a personal awakening again to community you know, we, we were doing church just online only for a little while during that season. And I was working at home. It, I spent about two months where, where I had to work at home. I had a different job at that time. Um, and for the first like week or two, I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. You know, we're doing church at home. We can be with our family. And, you know, I can, I can be here at home. And, and then after that, I was like really becoming dissatisfied with where my life was at. I started to miss people. I, even at work, as soon as I, like the day they let us come back, I was like waiting at the door <laughs> because I, 
there was something that was missing in my life, and that was community. That was being with other people. And I think this, this season of isolation that many people have been in, we experienced it when we, when we uh, launched in this building. There were so many people that came out of a place of isolation and, and, and experienced so much joy in meeting together, so much joy in, in serving uh, with one another. And, and it was like, it, it was, I don't know how, to, how else to describe like the atmosphere. It was just like, you know, Easter, our, our launch day, it was just amazing because so many people came in that had been in, in isolation. And so we are designed to be in community and in relationship with one another. And it's like one of the earliest things that we see in the Bible during the, the creation story in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. You know, God, you know, he had created Adam and he said, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And that, that is in the context of a family, but it's the same in the context of community. It is not good for us to be alone. In Hebrews 10.25, it says, you know, we're not supposed to, to give up the habit of meeting together, but we're supposed to spur one another on. We're supposed to encourage one another until uh, the day of, of Jesus. And the reason that he's designed us to be together is because isolation is dangerous. You know, I talked about the mental health issues that come with, with isolation. Uh, there's, there's also, you know, isolation can lead you into sin. And sometimes I think there's been a movement, uh, I experienced it in kind of my young adult years, where, you know, it's just like, oh, I don't, I don't need the church. I can, I can do this relationship uh, with God by myself. And what that is, is, is pride. That's simply what it is. Like, you cannot, you cannot do this Christian walk without other people in your life. And so some people, I think, need to submit. They need to walk in humility and realize, I need to let other people speak into my life so I can actually become the person that, that Christ has created me to be. To be. So I want to give you four characteristics uh, of community and hopefully encourage you if you are missing community and, or if you're experiencing community in only kind of one phase and just a large group gathering, I want to, I want to um, encourage you to, to seek out community on all different levels. So let's go to Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And I'm going to set the stage a little bit. Most of you are familiar with Acts chapter 2. It's like Pentecost. The Holy Spirit comes. There's, there's fire and there's wind and there's speaking in tongues and there's Peter's amazing message where all these people are added to the church in one day. Uh, but it's really interesting. Jesus had given instructions to the di disciples and said, okay, go to Jerusalem and wait there and, and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And and I thought it was so interesting, like they were gathered together. And I thought about it, and it's like, well, Jesus didn't say like everybody be together, but I realized that was what Jesus had modeled throughout his whole three years of life with the disciples. He had modeled being together. And, he, you know, he had the, the three and the 12 and, and the 72 and then the 120. They, they were in the, the habit of meeting together, praying with one another and encouraging one another. And so that's where the, the, the disciples were. They were in the upper room and they were gathered together. 
So in verse 42, it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So this is after Pentecost and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So I think this is like our our New Testament design, our New Testament prototype for what community can look like. And I want to launch in to the, the first point. So the first point is community is a discipline. Community is a discipline. We see in verse 42 that the disciples actually devoted themselves to meeting together, to prayer. They, they actually had to devote themselves the same way they had to devote themselves to other spiritual disciplines. They, they devoted themselves to prayer, but they had to devote themselves to meeting together. And, and let me submit to you that, that living a lifestyle of community is a discipline. It requires a devotion to it. And it actually takes work. It might mean that you're inconvenienced. It might mean that you have to sacrifice your own time, something that, that you wanted to, to do to, to meet with one another. And if you're, you're hosting if you're bringing people into your home, it might mean that you have to let a whole bunch of people make a huge mess of your, your house. <laughs> but that's community. That's what, what community is about. And, and let me tell you, like all, despite all the inconveniences, community is absolutely worth it. You know, every time, you know, personally in my family that we've, we've hosted something or, or attended some kind of intentional community, there's been so much fruit. I can't tell you... How many times it was like, uh, I'm, I'm just tired after work and we live way out of town and there's all these like excuses for not, not meeting. But every time we would, we would go to the life group we were a part of at the time, it was like, oh man, like God met us there. And he absolutely met us there and brought us into deeper relationship and, and encouraged us there and met awesome people and got to be a part of their lives. And so it's so worth it. Despite all the inconveniences, it's, it's absolutely worth it. And it's kind of funny, like there's an intentionality that, that's needed for community to happen. That means you might have to reserve time or, or be intentional about reaching out uh, to someone, but it takes an in- intentionality and a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. And for us, uh, like I mentioned, we live out of town, and we lived in town before, and it's kind of interesting, actually moving out of town made us have to be more intentional about community, and our community actually got better when we lived out of town because we had to be intentional about it. It wasn't just like, oh, I can meet with someone whenever. It was, we, were, we had to be intentional about picking our times, and that actually strengthened the, the experience that we had in community. And it's really important, you know, there's, there's these sacrifices that we have to make of our own, our own time, our own 
possessions, all of those things for community, but it's important to understand your season too. And sometimes we go through seasons, you know, we might have a small baby or, or we might be experiencing um, a sickness in our family or whatever those things are. You need to be sensitive uh, to those times, but do not give up meeting together. Maybe your, your intensity and frequency um, of community might change during those times, but those are probably the times where you need community the most. And so keep pressing in when you're, when you're in one of those seasons. And it's so important to have perseverance in community. And I want to invite uh, Jason and, and Tony. They're going to talk about perseverance in community. Let me grab this mic. You want to come up here so the camera can see you? Okay, um, so like you said before, my name is Jason Dahmer, and uh, this is my wife, Tony. Um, and our kids, uh, we have Grace and Mercy, and then Justice went into uh, Sunday school, and then the twins, uh, Jubilee and Glory, in Kids Church. So, uh, yeah, so community, so as a discipline, what does that mean uh, to us? Well, it, it's not an extra, it's an essential. And we kind of wanted to talk about a little bit, you know, what does community mean? You know, it's a unified body of individuals, that's what, you know, Webster's Dictionary says but not for conformity, right? This is a commitment to authentic connection, Um, but our purpose, the things that brings us together, isn't necessarily our personalities or our interests, but the Lord and growing with him. And Pastor Nate stole my passages, but, um, you know, when he says that they devoted themselves to teaching fellowship and sharing in meals and um, do not give up meeting together. Or some are in the habit of doing what's so easy is to feel like we're being connected, but really we're just busy. You know, we see a lot of people, we do a lot of things, we scroll on a lot of people's pages, but are we really connecting? Um, and so the story of our community is there were there was a, two sets of couples that were leading a life group a couple years ago, and I was running on empty. I was getting my master's. I had twins. Jason is picking up all the slack at home. Um, he had all these um, other commitments, too, and Dom- Dalmar's recommended people. So, um, but, you know, I just know I needed to take better care of my soul. I visited a life group, and um, I couldn't make the rest of them because my work schedule got in the way. And so in um, the next few months, I worked with my employer to change my work schedule so that we could go. And I can't tell you, the second half of my master's program was a total world of um, difference. I, you know, got out of this kind of dark place. But um, then um, our leaders moved, and that was a bummer. So when you pray for a need in your life, sometimes God calls you to fill it for others because you are never the only person that's going through that thing and has that need. Um, So since hosting our life group every week, uh, yeah, answered prayer that uh, together we are lifting up, walk through job and uh, personal trials together, uh, deepened friendships, uh, huge aha moments as we go through scriptures. I've never had so many aha moments of just reading passages that I've read over and over and over again, but seeing it through someone else's eyes. Um, so yeah, so so many times in community that I've seen a, a new piece or... Um, of Jesus revealed through somebody else. Um, Jesus is in all of us, but we need uh, we we don't reveal him if we don't, if we're not in community with each other. 
So I really feel like community is a pre prerequisite to his presence. Uh, that's why uh, we have corporate worship together because where two or more gathered, he shows up. Um, yeah, so we, uh, so it's sort of advice here for uh, people who are thinking about joining uh, a life group. Uh, commit to a season. So think about it, pray about it, figure out I'm going to commit until the spring or I'm going to commit six months, whatever that time that the Lord feels like it is, and just do it every week, barring emergency or whatever, just come every week. And I guarantee there will be fruit from that and fruit that you didn't even expect. There'll be fruit on top of fruit. Yeah, so uh, community and relationships can be uh, inconvenient (laughs) or messy and imperfect, um, but we've met through summers, uh, lockdowns, on Zoom, uh, we just kept pushing and uh, really busy seasons, but it's been totally worth it. And in those seasons, it'd be really easy to get into self-preservation and, you know, the difference between, you know, you should always have a good friend group that you have, but difference between that and a life group is that, you know, a life group might be people that you wouldn't normally meet or run into or even have things in common. And that's how we sharpen each other. So, and bring the kingdom. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for sharing the benefits of community. All right. I got to (laughs) fly. Okay. We're going to jump into the the next um, point here. It's community creates or promotes generosity. So we see in verses 44 and 45... Um, in, in the passage from Acts 2, that generosity was displayed by those believers. They shared what they had with one another, and when there was a need, they filled it, even to the point of selling their own possessions so that someone else could be provided for. Can you imagine if the church as a whole got that, got that principle? And I think sometimes it's, it's interesting. I was, as I was preparing, I was thinking about our nation and the nations of the world and how the government has become the entity that, that tries to take care of those in need. And what if the church would have got this 2,000 years ago and continued through? How would our nations look different today? When you do life together, you become aware of people's needs and how you might be able to fulfill them. It's a very practical and profound way to love someone. So community creates generosity. And like Tom was talking about, this is a generous church. Keep doing what you're doing. And we, we've, we've got awesome testimonies of, of people being provided for in our body. And every time I hear them, it's just like, oh man, you guys are amazing. So this is more of me just spurring you on to continue doing what you're doing in that area. So community, third point, community causes kingdom growth. And when I think of growth, we have like vertical growth in our relationship with God and we have horizontal expansion of the kingdom. And community is for both of those. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, this is talking about us together as the body of Christ. As you come to him, the living stone, Rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, all of us together, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, 
offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So we, together, are being built into a temple. And, you know, often we take these, these verses, you know, you know, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And so individually, the Holy Spirit lives in us, but collectively, we are a house. Collectively, we are a temple that his spirit wants to dwell on. And when we come together, he, he comes when we come together, his, his spirit falls. And, and God is about a people. He's about a person. He's about each one of you individual, but he's about a people. You know, he, in the, all throughout the Old Testament, his people were Israel. He was about a people. He wanted to bless a people. And, and today, we, the church, are his people. And so when we gather together, our individual relationships with God grow because we see what's possible. We see what he's doing in someone else, and it, and it, it gives us a, a holy wanting inside of our, our hearts for what's possible. We receive impartation, which I don't have time to unpack what that means, but basically the gift that you see on someone else's life can become a gift in yours because you're around another believer and maybe they pray for you and lay hands on you. We are designed to be just like Jesus to one another. And when we're vulnerable with one another, it opens the doorway for transformation and growth. In the horizontal expansion... Uh, the kingdom growing comes through making disciples. That's what Jesus commissioned us to do in Matthew 28. And disciples are made through community. Discipleship happens in community. And, you know, if you're in community in a smaller setting, it might be more easy to bring someone in to be discipled in your home. Someone that might not step foot in a church might come to your home and have a meal. And it gives you an opportunity to make a disciple. Some of the fastest growing movements of God have come through people inviting their homes to seek Jesus together, identifying leaders within that, that group of people, and sending them out and doing it again and again and again and multiplying. And that's how the kingdom, I believe the kingdom expanding, comes through community. All right, point four. Community requires unity. Ephesians 4, verses 2 through 6. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and the Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And Tony touched on this a little bit. But unity and community does not mean that we agree on everything. And I bet if I, if I talked to all of you, if I did a poll about different things um, of the Christian walk, there's probably a lot of different ideas on the end times in this room. There's a lot of different ideas on, on these, different, um, these different parts of our, our walk with Jesus. But if you, if you give those things up and you come together under Christ, it doesn't matter. The church itself has spent 
you know, 500 plus years, starting with the Protestant Reformation, finding disagreement, and then splitting based on those disagreements. And, you know, I'm not saying what, what they did with the Reformation, like what Martin Luther did was like expose some things within the church that weren't right and, and had a revelation of the grace that we have in, in Jesus Christ. And what he, what he discovered was so important, but it set, the, it set a tone for, for constant splitting and disagreeing throughout history. And now, in our day, we're facing all these issues. We're facing political issues. We're facing no vaccines, vaccines, masks, no masks. And unfortunately, a lot of people have elevated their beliefs on these issues above relationship. Or they've maybe chosen to judge a person's motives for their beliefs or stances on different issues. And I think we should absolutely stand up for what we believe in. But if it creates a wall between us and another person and it becomes an us versus them thing, it's not of God. And if you're more passionate, passionate about your stance on an issue than you are about spreading the gospel and getting people saved, healed, and delivered, then there's something wrong. And I think that as I was preparing this, I just felt the heart of God and how what he sees among the, the church as a whole, the, church, uh, the nation, the nations as a whole, it grieves his heart to see us not together in unity. And it doesn't matter if we agree, but we come under submission of Christ. Community means that we are one body and in one spirit through our Father. Community, if, if you could take one thing from today, it's that community requires unity and unity requires humility. We need to submit to the Lordship of Christ and we need to submit to one another in humility. That means we actually lower ourselves in our own ideas and opinions for the sake of relationship, just like Jesus lowered himself to the point of the cross for the sake of relationship. Lay down your ideas, submit to one another, and make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace, like the, the passage we just said. Jesus had reconciled us to the Father and we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. It says that in 2 Corinthians 5. And, and I think we've been operating sometimes in the ministry of division instead of the ministry of reconciliation. In Matthew 5, there's a familiar passage, the, the Beatitudes, where in verse 9 it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. And sometimes we've forgotten how to be peacemakers. Doesn't mean that we roll over on what we believe, but we actually become a bridge builder instead of a wall builder. Hmm. So we have this promise. If we are peacemakers, we'll be called the sons of God. And, and the Bible tells us that we 
are our sons and daughters, that we are our joint heirs with Christ. And it's, it's time that we start acting like it. So community requires unity, and unity requires humility. Amen. Pastor Chris is going to come up. I want to go over some, some things for ministry time. First of all, if you haven't found community in the way that, that we've talked about today, I just want to pray that, that the Holy Spirit would highlight in you and stir in you, uh, connect you with one of the groups that we are offering today or with some other means of community. It doesn't matter, but the Lord wants you in community. And so I want to pray for that. Um, I want to pray if there's anybody in here that has never received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. We, we sang about it today. We sang about meeting with him and how he pursues us when we wait for him. And so if you don't know him, we want to pray for that. I want to pray for repentance, for building division instead of unity. And then the, just a couple of words of knowledge. If you're not familiar with words of knowledge... Um, they're found in 1 Corinthians 12 and it's just the Holy Spirit revealing something in someone that, that a person couldn't know on their, on their own and often it's for healing and so uh, a couple of words of knowledge is, is a right ankle and so if you've injured your right ankle uh, we want to pray over that another one is I think the, the seventh vertebrae down a damage that might have occurred in a car accident. Um, so if that's you, we're going to have people praying uh, up front and they, they would love to pray with you. So if I could get everyone to stand up, we're going to go after these. So Father, I just thank you that you have designed us for community that you have designed us to be with one another. And Father, I pray for those in this room that, that are lacking community, that might have felt a conviction during what we were talking about, that they need more community in their lives. Father, I pray that you help them to, to, to redesign their, their schedule to, to be intentional about meeting. And Father, that you would plug them into community, that they find their, their tribe, that they find their, their people. And whether it's through one of these groups, with it's just meeting with other families within the church, whatever it is, Father, I pray that you reveal it to them right now in Jesus' name. And I pray for each of the groups that are meeting and that, that your spirit would fall in those groups, that your presence would be strong, that people would get set free, that people would get healed, that people would get delivered, that people would get saved in each one of those groups in Jesus' name. And Father, we just pray that if anyone does not know you, Father, Lord, that they would come to know you right now that they would submit their lives to you. <laughs> Jesus, you took our sin on the cross and you made us a new creation. And we thank you for that ultimate sacrifice 
and that we've been made whole because of you, that we have eternal life because of you. And you are so worthy to be praised. You are so worthy. You are so worthy. And Father, we are, we're sorry for where we've caused division. We're sorry for where we've put our own issues, our own beliefs, our own opinions above the gospel, above peace. Father, forgive us of our sins. And Father, I, I pray that you, you stir the spirit of unity in this church. God, that you stir the spirit of unity in this city. That you stir the spirit of, of unity in this nation, God. God, I pray that we are one nation under God. That we are no longer divided. Father, I pray, pray that political walls are broken down. I pray that, that your spirit would fall. And that we would know you. And we would submit to you as Lord. Lord, Lord, bring revival. Bring revival. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. One nation under God, indivisible. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We hope this message encouraged you today. For more information about Burning Hearts Church and our mission, please head to burningheartsfargo.com. If you are in the Fargo area, we would love for you to join us at one of our Sunday services, either 9 or 1045 a.m. Have a great rest of your week.